ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine and your first listen every day. The show is here for you Monday through Friday, bonus podcasts as we get through the playoffs. So when the Celtics play uh, on Saturday night in Milwaukee, I will be there in Milwaukee to give you a bonus podcast. So make sure you're subscribed. The show is free, available everywhere podcasts exist. You can catch the show on YouTube as well. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, and I was one of the media voters for the Celtics 75th anniversary team. I'm here sitting on the garden floor after the Boston Celtics 101-89 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, a tough one that was, I don't know, if you, were, if you listened to any of the previous podcasts, we have been talking a lot about how this was not going to be like the um, – Milwaukee, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets series. This was not going to be uh, something that the Celtics were winning 115 to 110 or 116 to 109, now whatever the, the scores were. These were going to be this type of game, 101 to, you know, something, you know, 101 something was the hope. The Celtics being down as much as 17, not something that uh, we had, really hoped for here. Uh, this was their first double-digit loss since February. So if you're wondering how good things have been going for the Celtics, yes, they have lost games, but they didn't lose in March or April by any more than single digits. So, and they didn't, they, they had, yeah, the late, the late April uh, regular season games, but even those ended up being close. So here we are. Uh, the, the Celtics in this one, and then later on, uh, I'll get into, uh, some of the individual performances, but let's just start with the big storyline. The big storyline right now is how the Celtics basically were smacked in the mouth. And on Wednesday, I asked Emi Odoka, what are you prepared for this smack in the mouth after you play Brooklyn and after, you know, the regular season, everything was going great. Let's just be honest. Everything was going great for this team and they were winning by double digits. They had, you know, and then in the Brooklyn series, they were able to close out the tight games, but they were also targeting Seth Curry and Kyrie Irving on defense and getting to where they wanted to go. Uh, Jason Tatum was driving by Nick Claxton on the perimeter. And when, when Claxton was at the rim, they were, he's, it was, it wasn't that hard to kind of score on the Brooklyn nets. Yeah. It was a physical series and, yeah, those guys had bumps and bruises and all of that stuff, but it was the most obvious thing that when you faced, even if it was Chicago, it was a, would have been tougher. But knowing that it was going to be probably the Milwaukee Bucks, it was not hard to predict that the game one, game one would be uh, a reality check for the Celtics. Now, the most optimistic side would have been like, oh my God, that first quarter was a reality check. Okay, now... We're getting back into things. 
most of this game was the reality check. I would say they recovered fairly well in the second half, but still the, the, the entirety of this game did not go particularly great for the Celtics. Now they gave up 27 and 29 points in the first and second quarters. They gave up 22 and 23 in the third and fourth. So look at them defensively, 101 points. I think everybody on is on board with that. Milwaukee scores 101 points. Maybe you want to knock a couple of points off of that, but you're, you're in a comfortable range in that second half giving, giving up 45 points. You're fine with that. 45 points and a half. That's exactly where you want to be. I'm not saying I was overly thrilled with the, with all of what the Celtics did defensively, but I think they, they recovered better, but they were surprised by how physical this game was. They said so after the game and they tried to walk it back a little bit, but Jalen said, you know, it, it, we were a little surprised and Ime said we were caught off guard. Their physicality caught us off guard. Simple, right? It's, it's, uh, I think it's fine. I think it's fine to be caught off guard because it's, it's natural. The way I compared it, uh, I used two comparisons. One is the baseball comparison where you're facing a knuckleballer for seven innings. And then all of a sudden here comes a guy who throws 98 miles an hour. And you're like, Oh my God, that thing must be going a thousand miles an hour. You got to get used to the speed of it. The other comparison I made was to that first 50 degree day in uh, September. You know, when you've gone through June, July, and August, and you're like, oh, this is great. This weather's great. I feel great. And then one morning you wake up and it's 50 degrees and you, you two sweaters, a jacket, a scarf, a hat, crank the heat in the car, 50 degrees. Oh my God, I'm going to freeze to death. Now that's because you're not used to it and you're, you don't know how to act. Now the first 50 degree day that we just had in March, shorts weather, baby because we've been used to the cold. Now you want to hit us with 50 degrees, shorts, shorts and hoodies. That that's the Boston uniform, man. That's where the Celtics need to be. They need to get to that. Like, Oh, we've been used to this cold. This, this thing that's smacking us in the face, not a problem anymore. We're good with it. You want to hit us with this? Got it. We know how to act. So they didn't have that in game one. And it, to me, it's very simple. They didn't know they, they weren't prepared for it, even though they said they were. They, you just couldn't prepare yourself for that. Nothing could prepare them for what Drew Holiday, Giannis Kumpo, Brooke Lopez, and the Milwaukee Bucks defense did. Nothing. You know, you can smack these guys with brooms and padded things in practice or whatever. Then that's, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Once you're out here on the floor behind me, these guys they're going to they're gonna take it to a level that you can't replicate in practice. But Ime said it after the game, and I'm willing to give him this benefit of the doubt because he's earned this benefit of the doubt. I think he says, he said after the game, uh, getting, this, getting this stinker out of the way is actually uh, good for us. Now, six months ago, I'd kill him for it. I'd be like, you got to be kidding me. This team is not ready, blah, 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 blah. But the past six months have earned this team the benefit of the doubt. 
Ime seems confident. He seems confident that these guys can go out there. Now, no, you know how, how tough this game was. This game one was. You go you back in the lab, back in the film session, and you say, all right, now we, we get it. We, we've recalibrated how this feels. Shorts and hoodie weather. Hit us with it again. We feel good about this. Ime is confident. And there's one thing that I've been saying over the past couple of weeks here, heading into this Brooklyn series and, and out of the Brooklyn series, when Ime is exuding some confidence, I've come to the conclusion that I'm going to, I choose to believe him. I choose to believe in Ime's confidence in his team and in this, whatever, whatever he sees coming out there. Because if there's one thing that he's, he's been with us, it's pretty straightforward and honest. Maybe, you know, he obviously he's holding some stuff back, but he's been pretty straightforward. If he feels good about this, then I'm going to say, all right, you got game two. I'm willing to put game one aside because while obviously you don't want to give up home court and credit to the Milwaukee Bucks, they, everybody was talking about, oh my God. And I was saying like, Ooh, boy. Isn't Milwaukee, uh, you know, upset now that they gave up home court to face the Celtics? Boy, they must really be regretting this. Oh, never mind. Never mind. They got home court back right away. But even though you gave up home court, it's still okay because it's game one of a seven-game series. I'm not going to overreact to game one of a seven-game series because I'm going to play off of, I'm going to choose to believe Ime's confidence and choose to believe that these guys saw what was happening here. They, they know what they need to do. And if Milwaukee tries to do this again, Boston's going to have answers. So what did they do? What answers does Boston need? I'll talk about that when I come back. First, let's talk about bet online. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting stats sports information. Uh, the Celtics came into this game favored by four and a half. That was a losing bet, but you can head on over there for the latest odds. We'll see what happens heading into game two. You get the latest league reviews, uh, the year, uh, the, the, the uh, basketball playoffs, major league baseball, uh, everything, esports. It's all there at bet online, your continued source for all your sports wagering information. There's even live betting at bet online. So check it out. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn all about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. And make sure to go check out NBA, Locked On NBA Big Board host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, big boards, it's all free and available wherever you get your podcast. So check it out. Rafael Barlow does a great, great, great job. If you need anything NBA draft, make sure you're following the Locked On NBA Big Board. So let's look at some of the, the big things here that the Celtics can turn around in game two. And the very obvious thing here is the live ball turnovers. Uh, Jalen Brown had seven turnovers. The Celtics had 20, uh, had 18 and they gave up 27 points off of those live ball turnovers. If there's anything 
that Ime can be confident in is if he sees how the Celtics were picked up at full court, taken out of their sets, uh, and just overall bothered by not just the physicality of the uh, Bucks defense. And by the way, how sick are you going to be of the word physicality by the end of, I don't know, maybe even by the end of this podcast? They were taken by surprise by the pickup points, how, how far up, you know, the fact that they were picking up in you know, three-quarter court, half court, full court. If the Celtics can manage that better, and when they do get into their sets, not get so deep that they're kind of trapped and jump with nowhere to go and end up turning the ball over, if they can manage that a little bit better, then that that levels off a lot of what we're looking at already, just right off of the top. Forget about the Celtics' defense for a minute. Forget about what the Celtics... Are the types of shots that the Celtics are getting. If you take those 18 turnovers and cut them down by a few, and then not as many live ball turnovers, I'm okay with a 13, 14 turnover game like Milwaukee had, because you only gave up six points off of those turnovers. That's fine. That's going to happen. You're going to have offensive fouls. You're going to have traveling. You're going to have, well, maybe you won't have traveling. I don't know, but you're going to have some things that happen. The ball's going to go out of bounds. Those things are going to add up a little bit. I'm fine with that. If the Celtics are being aggressive and sometimes the ball goes out of bounds or whatever, who it's not ideal. You want zero turnovers, I guess, but you would know that that's not realistic. So the Celtics uh, can, can cut down by a few, the turnovers, but cut down by a lot, the live ball turnovers, protect the ball, value the ball. We said that coming into this series. He talked about it coming into the series. You cannot let, turnovers and missed shots fuel Milwaukee in transition 27 points to six Celtics points off of Milwaukee turnovers 21 point difference now this was a 12 point game at its worst it was a 17 point game and when it was 17 points that I felt like the game was completely over Jalen had a couple of shots and it changed the dynamic a little bit but mostly it was a, a nice steady march by the Milwaukee Bucks, and it got up to 17. But this is a 21-point swing here. So take that 17. I know this is not exactly how it works, but take that 17 and cut it in half by managing some of these turnovers. And at that point, at its worst, it's a seven-point game. But this game was about a six- to eight-point game. It felt like the whole way. Six, eight, ten points. Even when we were sitting here, late in the third quarter going like, what is going on with these Boston Celtics? And they were, they were kind of fighting there at the beginning of the fourth quarter. The Celtics, it was only a six-point game. You had Peyton Pritchard. Man, I feel bad for Peyton Pritchard. What a terrible time for your shot to kind of abandon you. Beginning of the fourth quarter, he had four three-pointers, and he missed all four. Milwaukee comes down and gets points either by free throws or by hitting shots, gets points after each one of those misses. And those weren't bad looks. Those were decent looks for Peyton Pritchard. But the Celtics, through their misses and through their turnovers, fueled a lot of what Milwaukee was getting. So just by cutting that out, I think the Celtics can do a much better job in game two. I think the other big thing is the shot selection that I've harped on before. 
But I think the shot selection, they were early on very, very willing to take those three-pointers. And including my least favorite three-pointer, the somewhat open one-pass three-pointer, where if you were to take the screenshot and say, I don't like him taking that three, you get into a fight with people who say, why? He was open. But with 18 seconds on the clock, you can't be taking those shots. Even with 17, 15, 13, take advantage of your opportunities. Eme said it after the game. We need multiple attacks. We need multiple paint attacks, multiple paint touches. You can't just go and drive and kick and just take that first three. Now, sometimes you take that, you drive and you kick, and the defense is so far in, it's a wide open three. Yes, I get that. You can't come over half court, pass it once, and just take a three-pointer. I don't like that. Um, even a couple of them went in, and people will say, John, I don't know, man, it went in. But that just encouraged the Celtics to take 50, 5-0, three-pointers, which is not something that I want the Celtics to do. Now, I don't mind the number so much. 50 is a, 50 is a lot. You'd like to keep it somewhere closer to 40 or so. But, you know, Mark is smart. For all of my, my, I think Marcus Smart's been had a great season, and I'm very happily taking victory laps on Marcus Smart, but he is a little, a little too loose with the shots in this one. Uh, a little too Marcus Smart, the shooting guard, and not enough Marcus Smart, the point guard here. Uh, and I, I think that when you take that shot at 18 or 17 or 16, and it's one pass, you haven't made the defense work at all. So basically, we know Milwaukee wants you to take some of these three-pointers, especially somewhat contested three-pointers above the break. And when you give them that and you say, hey, look, I took it was an open shot. It was good. But that's the shot that they want you to take. Okay, sometimes that's the shot that's going to be there, and it's the only shot that's going to be there. I get it. But you can't just come down one pass and give them that one shot that they want you to take. Drive the ball, even if it's somewhat open. What the Celtics have done over the course of that late season climb to the second seed is they didn't take a lot of those shots, which they were taking earlier in the year. Those shots, and I keep looking over. I keep looking over because I'm, I'm sitting about 10 feet from where these shots are being taken. The, the defense needs to work. You defend Milwaukee through your offense by driving, kicking, then against the closeout, drive again, force those guys to run back and forth and do little mini sprints back and forth because that's going to take something out of them. And when they get the ball back, sometimes they're going to get a rebound or, a, you know, maybe they even get a steal late in the shot clock, but they're just not going to be as eager to run right? There's sometimes after a rebound, late after you've made them work, 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 sometimes they're just going to be like, whoa, slow it down. Let's walk it up. Let's get set. Because it's hard. It's hard in those short bursts to run back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You're, you're basically treating them like hockey players. And we know that hockey players take short shifts before they have to stop. In basketball, there's no short shifts. If you make that defense work by passing, driving, Kicking, multiple attack, get to, get to that paint again, kick it back out, drive again, use that shot clock, make them work. They're going to get tired. They're not robots. 
They get tired. They're human beings. Make them work out there. Don't take that first shot. Even if you say, hey, it's an open shot. Because you know what? Against Milwaukee, you're going to get that shot almost any time you want. You can get that shot almost any time. And maybe it's not you, particular player, and you say, hey, well, I wanted to take that shot. Well, tough. It's not about you. You go to, you keep driving. And maybe it will be you eventually in another spot. And you say, well, this was the exact same shot. Yeah, well, you made them work 20 more seconds on defense and you got that shot. And that has a cumulative effect. Make them work, make them tired, get them fatigued. Then in the fourth quarter, hopefully you've outworked them to a point where some of those shots that they're taking, that they're making, end up a little short, a little off, or maybe a rotation in the fourth quarter is just a little slow. And all of a sudden you're starting to get to the basket or they're starting to foul a little more. And you get to, instead of hoping that you're hitting threes to come back from 17 down, you're hitting free throws with the clock stopped to come back from 17 down. And it's a little bit easier. So cut down the turnovers and don't play into Milwaukee's hands and take the first three-pointer that's available. Just don't do that. Those two things alone can change how game two goes. Individual individual uh, players, we'll look at them when we come back. Robert Williams, J- more Jalen, Jason. Uh, we'll do that when I come back. First, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a great tasting protein bar. Summer's coming. You're going to want uh, to get some food on the go. You're going to be traveling. You're going to go to the beach or you're going to be in the car for a little while, road trips. Pack a few Built Bars. Take them for your kids. Take them for you. Uh, people are going back to work. You're running late. You're used to sleeping in. Oh, no, I've overslept. Grab a Built Bar on the way out because 130 calories or so, uh, 17 grams of protein. You're going to get four net carbs, four um, four grams of sugar. It, it's going to be uh, an easy way to get you some good nutrition and delicious because they're all covered in chocolate. Um, and so you can actually enjoy it's almost like eating a candy bar without all of those extra calories and sugar and all of that stuff. You uh, can go over to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off every single order. So you can go and get a, a mixed box. You get 12 different flavors of built bars and built puffs, which is like protein infused marshmallow. So that's great too. Check them out at built.com. Use that promo code LOCK15. Use it every single time. It's going to work every single time. It's not just once. You don't have to worry about burning it. Use it. Locked 15, 15% off every single time at built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every single day. How about making Locked On NBA your second listen? Locked On NBA is all the, the league covered. Uh, rotating hosts, I generally host on Wednesdays. Uh, not this week, though, because the Celtics are playing on Tuesday night. So I will be focused on them. But I generally am there Wednesdays with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. So check out Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. It's also on YouTube, just like this show. So add it to your list. All right, let's get into some individual performances because uh, I think so. everybody, everybody can play better. Everybody can play better. Uh, I was interested to see, like, they started Robert Williams on Wesley Matthews and had him kind of play the Romer role. Um, and then they started Al Horford on Giannis. I, I thought Tatum should start on Giannis because he's younger and he's uh, – more fleet of foot, let's say. And I just don't want to burn Horford out. But Horford, you know, got in there. And I think generally 
what they did to Giannis wasn't bad. Like he shot poorly. Nine of 25, 36%. He took a couple of threes and missed those. Six of 11 from the line. He had 24 points, but he worked hard for those 24 points. The killer was 13 rebounds and 12 assists. The 12 assists, that, that's going to be, uh, that you can't have that. You can't have that. I thought the plan on Giannis worked. So if they want to go back to Horford, they want to kind of stick with that and, and switch. And that's fine. I think they have to be better. Uh, about their help. I think they maybe overhelped a little bit or committed too much. Uh, there was one play in particular where Grant really oversold. I think, I kind of feel like Grant was still playing the Brooklyn defense and he needed to be a little bit more, uh, yes, you help on Giannis, but you also have to understand where he is how that's being played. Uh, does the guy who's on him, does he have, does, does he got it? Then you can go back to your guy. And Grant got spun around and caught way, way, way too deep. Giannis kicks, kicks it out. I think Bobby Portis hits the top of the key three-pointer. Look at the, the three-point shooting from Milwaukee. Overall, you know, 12 of 34, I think it tailed off a little bit at the end. But you had Drew Holiday, three of five, Grayson Allen, three of six, Pat Connaughton, two of four. That's too much. That's too, you can't have that. Now, Wesley Matthews, one of six, that worked out well. That was one of the, my, my focuses in coming into it was you start, you start Rob on, on Matthews and dare him to beat you and he didn't shoot well. Okay. That's great. Portis hit a couple, but if Portis hits a ton of threes, then you just got to live with it, I guess. So, but I thought the plan on Giannis was was okay. It was it was the other guys. So you gotta you gotta find that balance. They need to find that balance between helping, overhelping, and and Giannis getting those twelve assists. Because frankly, I'd rather see Giannis taking seven more shots than assisting twelve times. If if he takes tougher shots and you stay home, like. There's, there's a way to dig and recover, but, but not, not sell out quite the way that they were selling out. They really, I think, were, were a little too Brooklyn-y with their plan. So, But overall, the plan on Giannis was okay. Jason Tatum did not shoot well. Uh, four of nine from three, that's okay. Five of eight from the line, that, that cannot happen. you got to hit your free throws. 21 points, six assists, six rebounds, two steals, three turnovers. Not bad for considering how he was blitzed. He talked after the game about making the right play, and that that's how they're going to have to play. He's going to have to keep setting guys up. And now, how many assists would he have had? I got to wait till I, they, they tally up the potential assists, but I don't know how many assists he would have had if guys had just made shots. There's certainly some level of what happened in this game that was, man, they just missed a lot of shots. They had 10 two-pointers. I think that's the lowest they've ever had in a playoff game. They were 28 of 84. They were 18 of 50 from three. 18 of 50. That's actually 36%. You want to shoot. If you're going to shoot 50 of them, you better be shooting a little bit better than, than 36%. Uh, but I, I think some of these shots that they missed, especially some of the three-pointers, the kickouts, 
a lot of those from Peyton Pritchard. I think they just, they just missed. Sometimes you just miss. That's unfortunate, but sometimes that's just what happens. Um, but some of it, the, like the fact that they were getting in the paint, like Jason Tatum, four of nine from three. So that means he was two of nine from two. And he wasn't taking a lot of mid-range shots. Al Horford, four of nine from three, 0 of two from two. Uh, Jalen Brown, three of nine from three. So he was one of four from two. Marcus Smart, three of 11 overall, one of six from three. So that'd be, he was two of five from two. That's better, but not great. Uh, Grant Williams, two of four from three. So 0 of two from two. You get it? Like they just, the Celtics, they need to attack. They need to attack smarter. That's why the multiple attacks are so necessary. You can't just go in and, and just hope for the best. You can't, you have to, you have to pull guys out of position. You have to make them make decisions. You have to make them move one way and the other. That's going to open up the lanes for you to get to the rim. Now they need to be smarter about that. And I think they will be in game two. I think they will be a little bit more judicious about the three pointers. Like I said, in the second segment, and they will be better about that in game two. I think the Celtics understand now where Milwaukee is playing. They understand the level they need to get to. Uh, I think they're probably a little pissed off. I think they're probably a little, you know, there's some level of embarrassment that they let that happen on their home court. Now you have to go out there in game two. Jalen Brown was not good in this game. He was kind of bad. 12, 12 points, seven turnovers, nine rebounds for assists, two steals. That's nice. But, you know, still a game uh, minus 12. Grant Williams minus 15. Peyton Pritchard minus 17. Those are those are key guys that are getting big double digit minuses there. Jalen has to be better. Jalen just has to be better. Uh, better with the ball, better with the the shot selection, just better. I mean, that's not great analysis, but that's the simplest way to put. Jalen just needs to be better. You have to value the ball, and you, when you drive, you have to understand. Ime says this all the time. Where are your outlets? Where are your dump-offs? Where are your guys to kick it out to? You have to understand all that. Because if you don't know where they are, then you get caught and then you turn the ball over. You have to be aware of where your teammates are. Cannot just put your head down and drive. I, I guess that's a little bit of an addendum to when I say multiple attacks. You also have to be aware of where your teammates are because part of the drive and kick and drive and kick is the kicking. And you have to understand where that is, where that person is. And you have to also understand that after drive, kick, drive, kick, drive, kick, they're expecting drive and kick. Then you go drive and dump off. If somebody's in that, in that dunker spot, you have opportunities there. Can't miss those opportunities against this defense. Got to maximize your opportunities against this defense. So I'm looking at Jalen Brown to be much better in game two. Got to be out there. And I'll, he says his hamstring is fine. Ime said before the game, it's not the same thing. It's at a different part of his hamstring. They've got that imaging. They understand it's not exactly the same thing as before. Still a right hamstring. I don't know. We'll see. But he's Jalen says it's fine, and so it's fine. Um, Derek White had a very, very bad first half, a better second half. Um, at least he hit a couple of threes. That was good. Um, Robert Williams – Kind of not much of an impact outside of early on. He had 
three offensive rebounds right away. Like right away, he had the putback dunk and a the two offensive rebounds in the same play that he put the second one in. And then nothing, nothing since then. Uh, three block shots, which is good, but need to involve Rob more. And that's that's mostly on making sure that you find him and that the Celtics put him in spots where he can roll to the rim and be a, a, a threat. I'll have to rewatch the game film. Uh, you know, I, I have to look myself and see what did they do? How do we, how do we, you know, figure out how to fix this thing, but need more from Robert Williams. I looked at Robert Williams as a key to breaking down this defense. There are only a couple of spots where he did got to figure out how the Celtics can use him a little bit better, but need more than three of six from him. And that's on because everything's assisted to him. So he need Celtics need to figure out how to involve him a little bit more. Um, Celtics, uh, Daniel Tice, four and a half minutes of being totally confused, not non-factor whatsoever. That's fine. They can get away with not playing Tice in the series. So we'll see. I'll watch the game film again, and we'll be back to break it down and get a little bit more specific about some of the adjustments heading into game two. So hope you enjoyed this post-game podcast here from the garden floor. Logo behind me over this shoulder on YouTube. Basket back there, uh, sitting here at half court. A uh, real great place to do a podcast, uh, but hopefully next time it's after a win. And then again, Monday through Friday podcast, you're going to get guaranteed Monday through Friday content. Saturday night in Milwaukee, Celtics are playing, or Saturday afternoon, I think it's a 3.30 game. So I will be there uh, podcasting from Fiserv Forum, giving you a post-game bonus post-game podcast Saturday as well. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It's free, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also on YouTube, watch the show on YouTube. You can see what I'm talking about, about being on the floor, which, hey, you know what? I think it's cool. So hopefully you think it's cool too. And if you are a subscriber, hopefully you will share the podcast. Tell your friends, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.